0: If you would, take your Bibles to John chapter 13. Appreciate your prayers uh, this last week for our kids that were at nationals. uh, They're at Bob Jones and then for our senior adults. Uh, There at the wilds we had a wonderful time and I learned with these senior adults what happens on the trip stay on the trip we're just gonna leave it at that there, but um, Now we had a wonderful time and looking forward to our our next trip uh, together And just so grateful for the opportunity to to be a part of these there at nationals as well as uh, The senior adults there uh, this week John chapter 13 Is where we are we're going to come to the end of the chapter there, but you know it would be amazing if we could go through life with without troubles without fears. The truth is life is filled with all kinds of troubles even in the Christian life. It was the apostle Paul that said for when we were come into Macedonia our flesh had no rest. But we were troubled on every side he says without were fightings and within were fears. As we go through life, we face things that trouble us. And some of those things are factors that others can see, those external struggles and trials. But there's many times when we're dealing with things internally that cause us fear and and trouble that others might not know about. In that same passage in 2 Corinthians 7, following verse 5, Paul says this in verse number 6. Nevertheless... God. You see, he says we have a lot of troubles. We have a lot of fears in our life. Nevertheless, God that comforts those that are cast down, he says, comforted us. You see, there's a God in heaven who cares about us. He knows exactly what we're dealing with and what we're going through in life, and he is a comforter. One of the titles that Jesus tells the disciples that the Holy Spirit will have, one of his roles is that he is the comforter. He will come alongside of us in our life and be that comforter and strengthen us in these times of troubles. When we're going through the the troublesome times, the times of darkness in life, we as a believer in Jesus Christ are never alone. The comforter there is there with us. Now in John chapter 14, in verse number 1, Jesus tells his disciples, let not your heart be troubled. That word troubled means to shudder or shake, and he's actually telling them, don't, don't be shaken up, don't be fearful, don't be upset about what I've told you and what is about to take place. Jesus, remember with me, is in the upper room there with these disciples. He's there with them, and and he obviously can see their face. He can see their reactions to what he has been telling them and the truths about what is about to happen. And so he encourages them, and he commands them not to be troubled. And so I got to thinking about that. What, What are they really troubled about? Well, as you read through John chapter 13, there's really three things that we see that these disciples were troubled with. First of all, Jesus said in chapter 13, verse 21, one of you will betray me. There, there's 12 disciples, they're all sitting around the table, and we read in other places, they begin to ask the Lord themselves, Lord, is it I? Am I the one? And so they had this fear in themselves, am I the one that is going to betray you? Do I not know my heart and understand who I am? And, and am, am I the one that is going to ultimately betray the one that I, that I love? And they weren't sure of their own, their own hearts. The second reason we see that they were troubled is in verse 33, when Jesus tells them that he's going to go away. And he's been trying to teach them this, and he's been trying to get them to understand that he is going to go away. And listen, we all struggle when there's somebody that we love and somebody that we care about, and and they're going to to go away. And they still did not understand and really grasp what Jesus was trying to get them to know, but... He's telling them, Listen, I'm going to I'm going to leave. They had walked with him, they had slept next to him out under the stars, they had ministered with him, they had they had seen him feed the five thousand. They they saw all these great things that Christ had done. They were looking forward to Christ setting up his kingdom here on earth and and giving them reprieve from the oppression that they were facing here in this world. And and they were looking forward, and Jesus says to them, I'm going away. And so they were troubled. They were fearful. If he's not here, what's going to happen? The third reason we see in the passage that, that Ben read just a few moments ago, the, the, the third reason that their heart was troubled is that Peter was told by the Lord himself that he was going to deny him three times. Peter, as you read through scripture, was one of their leaders, and he was kind of the spokesman for the, for the group, And and Jesus is telling him, here, Peter, you're going to betray me. Uh, no doubt Peter was one that had a testimony of strength and courage probably because of uh, some of the character traits we see about Peter in scripture. And, and now the Lord is saying, Peter, who is close to the Lord and probably one of the inner circle and, and, and had spent time with the Lord and knew him. And, and he says to Peter, you're going to betray me before we even get to the morning. Or you're going to deny me, excuse me, not just once, but three times. And so these men had been listening to Christ. And a lot of times we kind of have this picture that these were like some, some, some time, there was some time that went between these. But this is a conversation that Jesus is happening. This is one evening. And then he tells Peter in, in John chapter 13, verse 38, You're going to deny me. And then he turns around and says, But let not your heart be troubled. Now, I don't know about you, but if Jesus just told me that somebody in here was going to betray him and, and sell him out to the officials, I'd be a little concerned about that. I'd be either looking at myself or looking at the guys around me. Okay, which one of you idiots are, are gonna do this? Like, you know, I'd be, what's going on? And, and then Jesus is telling us, you're, I'm leaving. And, and then he says, Peter, you're going to, to betray me. And, and I started thinking, listen, I've had some bad days in life. I had some things where nothing went wrong, right for me, and everything went wrong. But I'm thinking, listen, these guys had to be thinking our world is falling apart. I mean, I mean, things are getting crazy around here. If all of this is about to happen, somebody's betraying us. You're leaving us, and Peter, I mean, Peter is going to deny you. What else could go wrong? What else is going going to happen? But no doubt, Jesus is looking at these men, and he sees their face, their mannerisms. And he can tell, and of course he is the Lord, he knows their hearts and lives, just like he does ours. They were fearful. They were troubled. They were shuddering over the things that he had just told them. And so he tells them, let not your heart be troubled. Hey, can I tell you today, I, I'm, I don't know what everybody's going through. And everybody in this room is going through different stages of life and different trials, and and there might be things that I know about, but there's things that I don't know about that cause you fear in your life. And all I could do is, is bring you to the Lord's words himself. Let not your heart be troubled. And so today, as we look at this passage of scripture, I want us to consider how we can go through life that's filled with troubles and trials and difficulties, how we can go through the tragedies of life that we're all going to face at some point, how we can go through these with, without a troubled heart. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your son. And I pray that you'd help us in our walk today. No doubt all of us have some kind of fear and trouble in our life today. And I pray that we could come to that place where we obey your commands, and Lord, live lives without these troubled hearts, And minds in Jesus name we pray amen it's amazing to me the things that that we think about the things that trouble us in life I woke up this morning I was telling Melvin before the Poland team left this morning and I woke up this morning and and my first thought was what did I do because so Melvin is gone on the trip who's a head of our maintenance Robert's gone Mark Sherwin's gone, who helps with our maintenance. The guy that I would call if we had any issues when those guys aren't around, Greg, is already in, po- in Germany, or in Poland over there, so he's gone. Our last resort, Steve Parker, and that's the last resort, let me tell you. <laughs> he's gone over in Poland. And so I told Melvin this morning, I was like, I was a little troubled this morning. And I said, I'm just going to tell you right now, David Luttrell and I, we're in charge of the building, so it probably won't be here when you get back. I mean, that's just, that, that is just troublesome, you know. Uh, you know, it's amazing the things that we, that we think about. And, you know, things that bother you might not bother me. And things that you worry about, I might not worry about. Things that I might worry about and have fears over, you might not have worries and fears over. But the reality is we all go through fears, we all th- go through these these troubles and it is a part of life that we deal with in our flesh. And so God, throughout the scripture, has reiterated to us that that He is not going to fail us nor forsake us. You know, it it talks about, you know, the hope that we have that the world doesn't have during the time of loss, during the time of death. And, And truly, I don't understand how people can go through loss without Christ, without knowing God. But I don't know how anybody could live in this life without knowing Jesus Christ and knowing that God walks with us. And it's just amazing to think about the fact that the presence of God is in our life. And that he is a comforter to us. And I'm so grateful uh, for that. But I want you to look with me now. John chapter 13. We read beginning in verse 36. And this picture that we see of Peter is a lot like us in our life, a lot like our kids, um, and you'll see it here in, in just a moment. Jesus has just told them to love one another as he has loved us. And literally Jesus says, By this, they're going to know that you're my disciples. By what? By your love towards one another. And and I'm picturing, nobody says anything. Jesus makes this statement. And notice what Peter says, his response. Simon Peter said unto him, as soon as Jesus said this, if ye love one another, Peter says unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, whither I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. So I want you to get the picture in your mind. Jesus says, here's my new commandment to you. You love one another as I have loved you. And they're going to know that you're my disciples if you love one another. And Peter's in his mind thinking, okay, okay, that's great. But where are you going? And why can't we go with you? And, And I'm not concerned about other people and loving them. And I'm not concerned about any of this other stuff. But I want to be with, I want to be with you. And you know what I'm talking about. You've done it. Somebody's talking to you and your mind's going in a different direction. You're, you tell your children to do something and they, they come back with something and it's like, we weren't even talking about that. Like that was yesterday's conversation or something else. But they're so, they're so caught up in that. And that's where Peter was. He was so caught up in what Jesus was doing or where he was going. He really, from my perspective, he wasn't even listening to what the Lord was saying when he says, here's my new commandment. And so Peter is so concerned about what the Lord, where the Lord is going. And notice Jesus says, listen, you can't follow me now. He doesn't say you can't come to where I'm going because in just a moment we're going to see the fact that we can go to where the Lord is going it brings comfort and helps us not to be troubled and have these fears in our life. But he says, you can't come now, but there will come a time that you will follow me afterward. And Peter said unto him, Lord, why can I not follow thee now? And notice what he says, I will lay down my life for thy sake. And Jesus answers him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. You know, Peter is like in his own mind, in his own world. Like his mind is over here and Jesus is trying to get him to, to be over here. You know, a lot of times we want to do something in our life but God knows there's something else he wants us to do or needs us to do and so Jesus was gonna to go to the cross he was gonna go back to the father and he was leaving his disciples here to start the church And they are the foundation of the church and they're going to start preaching the gospel and the message of the church. And so Jesus is trying to get them to understand, listen, I'm going to die on the cross for the sins of the world and you're going to be my mouthpiece and you're going to preach the gospel. And Peter's like, wait a minute, I don't want to do this. I want to go and I want to be with you. And Peter, who does not know his own heart, says, listen, I'm even willing to die to go and be with you. And Jesus says to him, listen, you don't know what you're talking about. Would you really give your life for me? The truth is, is over the next few hours, you're going to deny me three different times. You're going to, to deny me. And so Jesus is trying to get them to focus and understand. And Peter is just... Leaning on his own understanding and this is a lot of what we do in life. God tells us one thing But we want to do something else. God gives us his will his word his desire instead of following it We try to go our own direction and do what we want to do and what happens in life? You see if we follow God's will and God's word and we follow righteousness and truth then there's no reason to fear Now I understand that's going to bring persecution and trials, but listen, when we're right and we're living right, there's no reason to fear. But what we do in our lives is we disregard God and his word and we kind of do things in our own power or we go off in our sin and now all of a sudden our hearts and our lives are troubled because the consequences of our actions, the consequences of our decisions bring even more issues in our life. And this is where Peter was in his life. See, I think if Peter would have responded, hey Lord, whatever you want, we're going to love people. We're going to preach the gospel. We're going to serve people. We're going to do, we want people to know we're your followers. I think his, his mindset would be totally different. But because Peter was all about Peter at this moment, and Peter wanted to do what he wanted to do, where he wasn't even listening to the Lord. The Lord says to him, you're going to deny me three times. And so what happens then? Fear and trouble come into his life. But he tells Peter, listen, I understand this is going to happen, but let not your heart be troubled. And there's four things from John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6, I want you to see, that will help us in this life as we go through these troublesome times. Number one, we see Christ's command. Jesus is commanding them, first of all, to trust him. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. They have trusted him up to this point and he was not going to fail them uh, now but he brings their mind back to even God. Listen, you have trusted God. You believe God was going to send the Messiah. You believe that I am am the Messiah. Okay, so you've believed up to this point. Now you need to believe going forward. And they see what Christ has done and what he can do, and they believed on him. But now he's going to be gone. And so what Jesus is telling them is, listen, after I leave, I want you to realize you can still trust me. I have not failed you. I will not fail you. I will never fail you. And so you can continue to trust me. And so that's Jesus' command. Trust in him. The Bible tells us that we're to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not unto our own Understanding. It was JC Ryle who wrote, he said, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is the only sure medicine for troubled hearts. Let me say that again. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is the only sure medicine for troubled hearts. We have to come in a place in our life where we're simply going to trust God. We're not trusting that our life is going to be peaceful, that our life is going to be without problems. Because that's what we want, that's what we look for, that's what we strive for. But what God is telling us is that trials are going to come. There's going to be rough waters, there's going to be problems, but I want you to understand that you can trust me in the midst of those times. It's during those tragedies and those heartaches and those struggles that you have in life that you can trust in me. One of my favorite songs, there's many favorite songs, As I because I say that regularly, one of my favorite songs, is the song tis so sweet to trust in jesus just to take him at his word just to rest upon his promise just to know thus saith the lord jesus jesus how i trust him how i've proved him or and o'er. jesus jesus precious jesus oh for grace to trust him more what a wonderful song how I've proved him, o'er and o'er, And that's where these guys were. They've seen him over and over and over again in their life. And so what Jesus is saying, listen, you can still trust me. And he's commanding them to trust him. That song was w- written by a lady who watched her husband go try to rescue somebody that was drowning. And she watched her husband swim out and try to rescue a a drowning swimmer. And, And she watched as that swimmer pulled her husband beneath the water. And her husband drowned along with the man he was trying to save. And out of that tragedy, she wrote those words, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word." Hey, I don't know what you're going through, but I know you can trust God. I don't know what's gonna come tomorrow, but you know, I, I know you can trust God. You can simply take him at his word and that's God's command to us. Just trust me. And Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. You've believed me up to this point. You've stuck with me. Now stay with me. And that brings us to our second point. We see Christ's assurance. He tells him in verse 2, In my father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have not I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. He tells him, I'm going to my father's house. If this were not so, I would have I would have told you. And he says, My words should be your words assurance and really he's assuring them that there is a heaven he's talking to them about heaven and that he's going there and he's assuring them that that heaven is a a real place he says i'm going to go to my father's house he's talking about the presence of of god when we focus on, on this world we we are troubled but but things change when we focus on heaven. And so I, I believe Jesus is trying to get them to change their thinking. See, you're concerned about the circumstances right now, the fact that I'm leaving, what life is going to be like. But what you have to do is get your focus off of this world and the troubles and trials of this life and get your mindset and your focus on the things of God. He, he tells them, this is a place that I, I am going to prepare for you. You see, all that accept Christ have a place in heaven. Think about that for just a moment. All that have accepted Christ as their savior have have a place in heaven. And this is a place that is being prepared by the Lord himself for you. And and see, that's why I can go through life without the troubles and the fears that so many have in in this world. Because you see, this world's not my home. I'm just passing through. I'm I'm just a pilgrim here for a little while because my home is in heaven with the Lord. You see, when Jesus said, in my Father's house, there are many mansions. In my Father's house, there's a place I'm going to prepare for you. He's assuring me that one day I'm gonna be with him. I'm not only gonna be with him, but I'm gonna be in the presence of God. Why, because I'm a part of God's family. And so Christ has assured them, listen, it's not gonna be too long before you'll be with me again. Go back to the words that he said to Peter. You can't go with me now, but there's coming a time. Hey, hey, listen, today might not be your day. You might still be in this world filled with turmoil. You might still be dealing with the situations in this life, but there's coming a time. One day you'll be with God and you'll see Christ face to face. Hey, listen, that should overcome all of your fears and your doubts and your worries. Because this isn't all that there is for those of us that are in Jesus Christ. But i will say on the other side if you've never accepted christ as your savior this might, this is going to be the best it is for you and that's tragic just to even think about that this world really is the best that you got looking forward i would live in fear and worry and turmoil if that's all i had was this world but for those of us in christ it's amazing to think about and christ assures them Hey guys, I'm leaving, but it's not going to be for long and you will come and be with me in a, prepa- a place that I've prepared for you. So he gives them that assurance and then number three, he gives them his promise. I'm going to prepare a place for you and then he says, I will come again. This is his promise. And receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also and whither I go ye know and the way ye know. And so Jesus promises them, I will come again. If I go and prepare a place, I will come again. This is the same thing we see in Acts chapter one as as they're watching Jesus ascend to heaven and the angel is there and he says, the same Jesus that you're watching ascend is gonna come back in the same manner. He's going to come back and he's going to receive you unto unto himself. That is a promise of God. And Jesus is talking about the rapture when he will come and, and meet in, in, in the clouds and he will shout with a voice of an archangel. There will be trumpets, whatever. I don't know what it's all going to look like. But all I know that in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, I'm going to leave this world and I'm going to be with, with the Lord. I'm going to be with the Lord when he calls his church out. That's the promise of God that we can rest on and have assurance, we can have assurance in our life. And then number four, and probably one of the most important points that Christ has been trying to get across to these guys is his message. He's wanted them to understand why he came, why he's lived the way he's lived, why he's done the thing he's done, and why he's about to go to the cross. So there's a, Thomas shows up again in verse five. He saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And, and let me, I'm going to tell you, this is a problem. From my perspective, from my human perspective, in my mind, this is a problem. Thomas, you have lived with this man. You have heard his messages over and over. He has instructed you about the message. And you're still struggling. I don't understand people that hear the gospel over and over again and don't, don't get saved. I, I struggle with that. Like, you know, and and listen, all I can rest on is like, listen, God has to do the work in your life. But I, I don't understand why you are not getting saved if you know that you're a sinner and Jesus died for you, and if you turn from your sin and by faith receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, all I can ask you is, what are you waiting for? Today is the day of salvation for you in your life. But listen, Thomas says to the Lord, we don't know where you're going. We don't know what's going on here. That's why we're fearful and in trouble. And Jesus says to him in verse number six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I really think what he's about to say, he's really just repeating what he just said. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I think Thomas knew I'm the way to God. I'm the truth of God's message, God's word. I am the one that brings life. And then he reiterates, listen, no one, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus teaching all along, man's sinfulness, that he came to die for our sins. And if we turn from our sin and are saved by faith, he's then preparing a place for us and he'll come again and receive us to himself and we will be with him for all eternity. That's the message that should take all the fears away. People in our society today are fearful, many about the same things. Loss of life of a loved one, finances, um, position, friendships, popularity, what people think about us. Those we're, we're concerned about Others' views. Th- those are the things that, that we, we fear and we're worried about in, in our life today. Every generation has had those same fears and same worries. And what Jesus is trying to get us to understand is that none of those things matter in the scope of eternity. We have to realize who we are in Christ or who we are without Christ. And he's been trying to get them to understand why he came and that he loves them and that he died, he's dying for their sins and that they need him as a savior because there's no other way to get to God. There's no other way to have their sins forgiven. There's no other way to be a part of God's family. And he's trying to get this message across to them. But so many people are focused on the things of this life. The, their bills and health and all of the, the things Listen, everybody in here is going to struggle in all those areas at some point in life. We're all going to have those struggles. Listen, we're going to take all the vitamins and all the pills and we're all going to die if Jesus doesn't come back. I mean, I, I, listen, I think you should be healthy. I think you should exercise and you should eat right and take care of yourself. But listen, none of those things are going to keep you alive forever. Physically, you're going to die. And the sad truth is, is we live in a society that spends billions and billions of dollars on self-help and self-esteem and all of these things that, that have to do with this world. And unfortunately, Christians buy into that stuff and we get so focused and worried about those things. And we lose sight of eternity and what truly matters. I wish in our flesh we never worried, but it's gonna happen because we're, we're human, sinful people, and we struggle with that. But God tells us, listen, would you understand that in Christ you don't have to, you don't have to, to be troubled, you don't have to be fearful, you don't, you don't have, to, have to have these worries. Because a relationship with us or with Christ is a relationship with God brings eternal life. As we finish, I want to bring your attention to Philippians chapter 3. Listen to these verses that Paul writes. He says, For our conversation, basically our life, our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Paul says, listen, everything about our life should be about heaven. Everything about who we are should be about heaven. But your problem is everything about your life might be the person next to you. So you're concerned what they think about you. You're concerned what that boy thinks about you, that girl thinks about you, or what your teammates think about you. You're so worried about the, the people around you, and that's what you live for, and so you're constantly living in fear. Did I make them mad? Did I upset them? Or maybe you're you're concerned about your finances and how much money you have in the bank and and you're constantly worried about about material things. Am I going to lose them? Am I gonna have more? How do I get more? And so that's our focus in life. And so we're all wrapped up in that and so so we worry and, and we're fearful. Hey, hey, listen, making money is is a part of my life. I have to provide for my family. The Bible is very clear about that. I'm responsible to provide for my family, but it shouldn't be the focus in my life. Hey, I hope people like me, all right? I'm a pretty nice guy. I hope people like me, like being around me. I I like being around other people. But you know what? Some people just aren't going to like me. And if I'm constantly living in fear and worry of of that, it's because that's where my perspective is. And God says, listen, you got to get your your mind and your concern off, off the things of this world. Your focus and your conversation, your life should be consumed with heaven. And we'll see going forward throughout the New Testament, I believe that happens in the life of many of these disciples. Their focus becomes preaching the gospel. Many believers will ultimately give their life you get to the book of Acts and Stephen is, is burned to death and killed by, uh, or he's stoned to death, excuse me, and he's killed by, by, by those that hate God and hate Christ and yet he's praising God in the midst of it. Why? Because he's not concerned about uh, how much money he has in the bank or, or even his own life. He knows that when he dies, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And his life is consumed with heaven. He's consumed with people hearing the gospel and coming to know Christ as their savior. That's what he's all about. After Paul gets saved, it's the same thing. Before he gets saved, he's consumed with persecuting the church and killing people and all those, throwing people in jail. After he gets saved, he's consumed with the gospel. Listen, he's going to be shipwrecked and stoned and put in prison. And listen, in all of that, he sings praise and he's rejoicing. And he's glorifying God in the midst of some of the worst circumstances that this world can bring. Why? Because his conversation was set on heaven. Everything about his life was consumed about heaven, consumed about seeing his savior, consumed about helping others come to know Christ as their savior and and having their eternal home. You see, Peter and the disciples were concerned. Who's gonna betray you, Lord? And Jesus said, listen, guys, you just need to love other people and serve me. Going forward, they were concerned, Lord, you're going to leave us? We want to go with you. Guys, I have a job for you to do. You've got to love other people. You've got to serve me here. Peter, obviously, would be pretty worried, I'm sure. I'm, I'm going to deny you? And the other guys are thinking, how, if Peter's going to deny them? I mean, what about me in my own life, probably? They were concerned over everything that was Jesus was saying because their perspective was on here and now and what they wanted, because they didn't understand what God was doing. You see, I learned a long time ago that even in the midst of my trials, God's glory is gonna come forth. Amen. And you know what, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with, with me going through hardships and difficulties for the glory and the will of God. Because in those moments, I can God is saying, hey, let let not your heart be troubled. Hey, I want you to know I'm working in you and through you. And you might have to go through some pain and some difficulties and some things you don't necessarily like. But guess what? I'm going to go through it with you. And I'm working out my plan and my will. See, but what we do is we become angry about that because we don't like that. We don't want to go through those hardships and trials and difficulties. We don't want God to use our life if it means we're going to suffer And there's some hardships in our life. But I think the disciples, somewhere along the line, they got it. And it changed their view on everything. And so Paul could write Philippians chapter 3 when he says, Our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we're looking for the Savior. We're looking for the Lord. He could say, I'm pressing on towards the prize of the high calling of God. That's what my life is about. It's about serving God and glorifying Him. And I'll go through anything this life has to bring against me. And I'll do it with great joy and tenacity in my life. Never giving up, because God's working in me. And my focus is on the things above, not the things of this life. Let not your heart be troubled. In order for that to happen, we have to come to realize, we have to change our perspective. We have to change the way we think and the way we live, trusting in God's promise, resting on his assurance and obeying his command. But first of all, following his message, if you've never trusted Christ as your savior, may today be the day that you receive the free gift of God, of forgiveness of sin, through the saving faith of Jesus Christ.